0: The National Championship Women's Basketball Game. Listen to the game Sunday starting at 445 on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down and he must go down hard it's unnecessary roughness here on raider nation radio 920
1: big hole first down end zone touchdown touchdown raiders would you believe
0: it this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 here's your boy q the owners meetings are continuing
2: in west palm beach florida Nice location to get some business taken care of. That's what's going on the past couple days. Of course, we had a lot of feedback and a lot of sound coming out of the owners' meetings on Monday. We're going to continue to do that on today's show. Very excited about some of the the news and notes coming out of there. And, of course, uh, can't wait to actually check in with the owners' meetings and see what's going on. But one big news, one big piece of news that dropped earlier today was the fact that the NFL owners and everyone is finally And I say finally, kind of laughing, finally have agreed to modify the overtime rule for the postseason only. Both teams will get a possession in overtime, and it's funny, one of my really good friends, Mandy Knight, she does uh, radio, or actually does TV out in uh, Central Texas. She's been on this uh, show before, talking to Baltimore Ravens, really covers the NFL like a glove. Put out a tweet earlier today that I think is hilarious, and I was about to respond to her, but I, I wanted to share it with you guys first. She said, finally... NFL owners approved a modified overtime rule for the postseason only. Both teams will get a possession in overtime. And this is where she gets good. This is where she really hammers home the message. Since 2010, everyone loves stats, right? Everyone loves numbers. Since 2010, there have been 12 overtime games in the playoffs. 10 of the 12 games the team won, who won the coin toss, won the game. And I tell you this, Raider Nation, and maybe I'm wrong, I can remember two of those games. I don't think anyone else remembers the other eight. I think everyone remembers the two. 2018, Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball back. And this past year, when Josh Allen didn't get the ball back. And that's it. You tell me another overtime game in the playoffs that you remember that you were so disappointed because the team that got the ball first won the game. I'll wait. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a cute stat. I, I appreciate the, the research, but we remember two games. Two. So you tell me, two out of 12 games is worth it? Not to me. Me neither. But, hey, look, I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and spend three hours, and we are doing three hours today. That's the, that's the plus right there. That's overtime. That's the kind of overtime rules <laughs> I like. Give your boy an extra hour of radio. That's the kind of overtime I want. But, no, it's, it's not really a big deal. I'm not going to spend three hours on the soapbox and say that, oh, this is terrible, you're changing. Um, I, look, man, you want to change it? Fine. We all know what it boils down to. It's entertainment. It's a reaction to what's going on, and it all leads back to what? Money.
3: It's, all, it's so funny you say that because if, when the rules, when they want to make the rules change, they can, they can change the rules to their liking. Oh, it's not fair. You know how many things happen in the course of a game <laughs> right. that aren't fair?
2: Right. Right, exactly. So I, I saw that tweet, and I just had to pass it along to start the show off today because I thought that was, like I said, I thought that was cute. That was a cute little nugget. And that's what I'm going to respond when I, when I s- send that tweet back. And we're like, oh, that's cute. But what were the other eight games that you don't remember? Because that's all I want to know. But it's all good. Hey, so the overtime rules have changed for the playoffs. And that's fine. Whatever. That's cool. And if a team gets slighted or, you know, because now, look, if you go down and score in overtime, and I get the ball, and I score it over time, then it's sudden death. What's the difference? <laughs> the fact that we got a chance right. to, uh, you know. Because then you get the ball back, and you score, but then, hey, I'm hot, right? I just went down the field, and I did some spectacular stuff. Well, Q didn't get a chance to do it again. Well, he had a chance to do it again all game long. But whatever. Then
3: it'd be the team who gets the coin toss right. the first time is now 11 out of the- – 11 out of 12 right because you just well we didn't have another chance to score again
2: we got a great text on the salmon as text line already at 69187 keyword r&r how about the tuck you game i was like in 2000 right? I mean, that was what are we what are we talking about what are we talking about i don't think overtime rules uh mattered either no that wasn't yeah that i mean, Talking different rules. I mean, now we, we, we want to sit here and do a show about just rules that we don't like and want to complain about them. I get it. Oh, yeah. The complain show. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what we signed up for today. And One more thing. Right. And one more thing to complain about. No. Going back to her tweet, she said, finally, NFL owners approved a modified overtime rule for the postseason only. Both teams will get a possession overtime. Here's where the stat comes in where you might have missed it at the beginning of the show. Since 2010... There have been 12 overtime games in the playoffs, and 10 of the 12 games, the team who won the coin toss won the game. I remember two, 2018 and this past year. My question to you was what are the other eight games?
3: I can give you one, and I think it would be the first on that list since it's 2010. And this is the reason where it's just like, I don't want to hear you complaining if you would have got the ball back. Tim Tebow against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Oh, geez. Right
3: to the Marius Times. Right. Straight yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear no. what we would have you should be you able to stop to Tim, Tim Tebow.
2: Tebow. Hey, yes. You lost to Tim Blank and Tebow. Yes. Absolutely. Throw out the discussion of if we got the ball back. Yes. Yes. Play some defense. Damn right. <laughs> (laughs) Damn right. So that's how we start the show today on Necessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton, and your boy, Q. And we're here with you till 5 o'clock. So excited about that. Vinny Bonsignor is in uh, Florida. He's at the owner's meeting, so he'll check in with us throughout the show to give us updates on what's going on. But uh, coming up on the show, man, we have a fantastic show lined up for you. Very excited about it. We're scheduled to have Brandon Cristal at 225 join the show. He's from KOA uh, in Denver. Uh, he always joins the show during the combine he joined the show yesterday during the owners meetings but he said Roger Goodell was running late so good old Roger is running a little late so he told me that there may be uh, a chance that he's not able to join us at 225 and that if that happens that's okay We have plenty that we can go ahead and talk about. We can navigate and we can always hear from you as well. Raider Nation at 702-365-9200 and the Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. So Brandon is scheduled at 225. We'll see if we get him. At 3 o'clock, the general John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us as he does each and every Tuesday and just talk all things NFL. He's not in Florida, but John McClain's got the NFL covered like a a, a glove. So uh, excited to talk to John each and every Tuesday like we normally do at 3 o'clock. Then... It starts to get heavy at three thirty. Jeff Perlman from SI.com. He wrote out, wrote a great piece that I just happened to stumble across. i had already done kind of preparing for the show, uh, wrote up our little show outline that we were going to do today. And me and DeMond were kind of talking about some things and something popped up on Twitter and it was a story from Jeff Perlman and it's on SI.com. And it's really, it's about, he came to Las Vegas. His, his caption on his tweet was basically, he came to Las Vegas to learn about Henry rugs and Tina Tentor And he left knowing about Tony Rodriguez and this story. And, DeMond, you read it. And what did you say? Because you didn't know when I just sent you his phone number and said, hey, he's going to be our guest at 3.30. You really didn't know what the hell he was talking about until you saw his story.
3: Exactly. Because if people don't know, he's a best-selling author multiple times over, has the new show out winning time with HBO that's Mm -hmm. been adapted from his book. I was like, oh, Q wants to talk about that Lakers show, huh? (laughs) Oh, but then I read that story. And it was one of those. like It moved me.
2: Right. Right. That's the story. I mean, you want to, we already know the you story feel something, right? I mean, we felt some kind of way when that whole situation shook out and the tragic uh, loss of life with uh, Tina Tentor and her dog, Max. And uh, we all know how that all happened and, and had to do with Henry Ruggs, of course, with his, uh, you know, terrible decisions that he made. And at first I thought, okay, that's what the story is going to be about. And I mean, it was, but it really wasn't right. I mean, from what you got from it, it was more about Tony than it was about either one of them. But those two, are what brought him here and he learned about Tony. And I'll tell you right now, Tony is a dude that's basically homeless. He's living in a garage with about, what did he say, about 10 other people Yep. just renting it. And it's right next to the scene of where everything happened. And man, Tony is messed up in more ways than one. And he'll probably be one of those dudes that will be messed up forever. Until he's buried, he's going to be messed up. Not just from that situation, But others, I mean, just life. Life will mess you up. Life has messed up, Tony. This story, again, I mean, you want to talk about something that can be a tearjerker. I mean, it really is. Just everything that he's gone through in his life, the fact that he was there on the scene trying to help out, trying to help Tina and Max get out of that car. You know, he had blood on his hands when he left the scenes. I mean, there's just so many details that go into it. And you're like, oh, how can this story take another turn?
3: It does. It does. And then there's always the details. No matter what situation you are in life, everyone always thinks, I could have done more. Right. I could have been better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's real heavy stuff to think, hey, I wish I could have done more. Hey, right. I, had, like, I had another tool in my car. Right, yeah, right. There was another tool in the truck that I didn't think to go get. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could have been the difference of like getting the door open faster.
2: Like he's literally beating himself up almost, sounds like on the daily, for not being able to come to the defense and rescue Tina and, and her dog Max from what eventually would be a burning vehicle that would take their lives. I mean, it's you want to talk about a heavy story. It is so heavy. So coming up at 3.30, we'll talk to Jeff Perlman about it, si.com. You can go check it out right now. I know DeMond tweeted out a a, a link to it. I read it earlier today. I still got it kind of pulled up on my computer just because I want to go. I like like to read stories, and then I like to digest them, and now I like to go back and read them again because I might have missed something. So I'm going to go back and check it out a little bit later. But that's a heavy, heavy story right there. And then at 4 o'clock, Vinny Monsignor will join us from Florida and give us the latest and the greatest what's going on with the uh, with the owners' meetings and what he's hearing with the Raiders and uh, him and Vic Tafer and Heidi Fang and uh, Paul Gutierrez. I know they all got to meet with uh, with the GM, Dave Ziegler, yesterday uh, Yesterday evening. Got some really good audio, so we'll hear from that, some of that throughout the course of the show as well. So we are locked and loaded. So if we don't get Brandon at 225, it's going to be – All right, we got plenty for you. We ain't BSing around here when it comes to putting some content out on the show. We're going to make it do what it do. So trust and believe that we're going hard in the paint until 5 o'clock around here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio, Nation Radio 920. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: Now, I had a couple questions that I wanted to throw out there, and then there was just one that that caught my mind, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to focus on this one today because I've had a lot of people hitting me up either by way of my podcast or hitting me up on Twitter or calling the radio station and... And even interviews I do. I did an interview earlier just this afternoon with my guy CK from uh, from Fox Sports in Fresno, Cali. And he was just asking me about the level of excitement. And he says, you know, hey, we cover the, the Raiders and the 49ers here in Fresno. And there's so much excitement built up right now around the silver and black by everything that they're doing and the new regime, what they've been able to do. So I thought, you know what, let's go ahead and just let's focus. Instead of me having multiple subjects to talk about, let's just focus on one topic. So I asked you, Raider Nation. How excited are you for this team, and what is it that excites you the most? Because they've made some moves, but I want to know what moves or what they've done. What is, what is, what's pushing your button? There's always a hot button, right? There's always something that someone could do that gets you going. Here on the show, usually it gets us fired up. You know, We start yelling and screaming at each other in a good way, in a positive way, not in a negative way, but just in something that gets us going. There's always a hot button. You know, when I was selling Kirby's, there was always a hot button, and that's when you go for the sale. You know, when, sometimes it's when you, you, uh, you, you go and take the vacuum and you put it over the kid's bed, and all of a sudden you see all these dust mites come out of their bed, and then all of a sudden the, kid, the, the parents like, oh, my God, I got to get rid of that. Boom, that's a hot button. That's when you go for the sale. Well, for $2,000, you can have it right what? now. <laughs> that's, but, they're, hey, man, they'll, a parent will spend $2,000 to make sure their kids are okay. That's, that's the sale. Oh, wow. Hey, that's deep. But that's what it was. Now you're attacking people's parenting skills, huh? No, that's the truth. I do the same thing. (laughs) We're all suckers. All us parents are suckers. All of us. We all know, and my mom used to tell me, and I didn't believe her. Oh, you used to get over on me? I was like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? My son does it to me all the time. He's hustler of the year. I know where he got it from, too. He got it from his daddy. You know what he's doing? Oh, dad, uh, I kind of just need this. Or, oh, you know, uh, hell, my dad, uh, not dad, (laughs) my son had me buy him a plane ticket so he can go home for Christmas. Not my home. His mama's home. I you don't like, want him to be happy? Yeah, well, exactly. And I did it like a dummy. It's Christmas. Yeah, okay, great. So let her ass buy him a, a, a plane ticket to get her, him home. The NLL money ain't coming in yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I did it because, oh, got to make sure he's happy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're soft, man. We are such suckers when it comes to being parents. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. But it's all right. He did end up here for the Raider game. He did end up here at the Raider game. I did get to spend, I don't know, uh, a quarter. Literally the third quarter with him. Oh, you spent the whole quarter? The whole quarter, yeah. I went down at halftime, and I hung out with him for about a quarter. Literally the third quarter. Then I had to get back to the to the press box. So, I mean, yeah. he
3: was here for Summer League, too. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I didn't buy that ticket. No, actually, yeah, I did. <laughs> Thanks for bringing the old stuff. <laughs> I was just trying to point out, yeah, he's yeah. been out
2: here more than you think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He probably has. Probably been out here without help. Man, let me get in and out of town before my dad know. Make that quick run to Vegas. I done, I done got me a couple of friends in town. Mm-hmm.
3: Couple of friends, huh? You wow. Know how, you
2: know how kids are, man. You know how they are.
3: I mean, you know, came out today, Donovan Williams, thinking about leaving the program. We know Bryce Hamilton's coming, Bryce, leaving.
2: He's already leaving. He's going to the league. Yep. I mean, so, hey. Just saying. That transfer portal. Hey, man. Hey, hey. I don't want to be tampering, but I mean, I do know a six-five point guard that could be available. Just throwing it out there, yeah. Just throwing it out there. But I do want to get focused. I do want to get focused, and I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. How excited are you for this team, and what is it about this team that gets you most excited? I'll tell you right now. The easy answer is to say all oh, this offense is going to be incredible. I honestly, I think I'm most excited just to see what those two bookends are going to do. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, I think those two, as good as Crosby and Unique Ngakwe were, I think these dudes could be even
3: better. Oh, I think I think it's one of those things, no doubt they're going to be better. Not, not just to live up to everyone's expectations, mm-hmm. but how can this duo fail?
4: Mm-hmm. This is
3: one of those, it's too big to fail. Ziggler talked about it. Hey, Chandler Jones, he's one of the premier pass rushers. Right. Or it comes like getting the deal. It's just you want to get the deal done because he's one of the best in the league. Right. That's what matters about it is, hey, He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Even though he's 32 years old, still performing at a premier level. The Raiders they put out like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna love Chandler Jones. Right. They put out the uh, the highlights from that five sack game against the Titans last season. But hey, good for him. He got that talent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why you gotta bring up old stuff, yeah, right?
3: He's, but you know the team tweeted it out, or at least on Instagram. Right. But hey, and Max Crosby already emerging, like you said yesterday. You didn't know that he had that type of buzz around
2: him. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I knew he had the juice amongst Raider Nation, and that's one thing that I try to pride myself in is not just knowing the Raiders but I like to know all the teams across the league. I like to be well rounded so I can say, okay, this is what is really going on and this is what is what what these players really think of, you know, the Raiders or the or or the league is thinking about the Raiders in general. But I didn't I wasn't aware. I didn't know on my radar that Max Crosby was league wide. He absolutely is. And it's funny, I said on my podcast today that that one list I think is, I despise the top 100 players in the league list. I just think it's silly. I do. I mean, because it's just a popularity contest. J.J. Watt was on there one year and he didn't even play. You know, it's like, wait a minute, the dude didn't even play. He's playing like one game. How'd he get like top 10?
3: I wonder what they were saying in like those little testimonials, you know, where you got the players talking. But that just shows you how good
2: he is. Right, exactly. So, So I never really take those seriously. But I'm interested this year. I am. I want to just see and check in to see where Max Crosby ends up. Because I think that he's going to be, and I said this on the podcast today. I think he'll be top thirty, no doubt about it.
3: But also, when you say it's a popularity contest, but sometimes it, that popularity it comes with performance, right? Where, where you do say last year ranked ninety five, right? This year, like let's say thirty five, right? That would that that can just be that that measuring stick of hey, yep. even your peers think, man, this dude made a leap.
2: Exactly, and so I'm I'm more interested in this list this year, not not because you know I'm going to come on the radio and be like, oh man. Look, out, the players voted. Max Crosby's that dude. Hold up no. You know, I'm not going to do all that, but I just, I'm interested to see where he ranks amongst his peers because I do think he's getting a lot more recognition league wide than he was a year ago or even after his rookie year when he had a, a double digit sacks. You know, everyone was talking about, oh, Joey Bosa was still the dude. Joey Bosa was, and Joey Bosa played well. Or not Joey, I'm sorry, Nick. Nick Bosa played well. And he was on San Francisco that went to the Super Bowl. So. You know, you can't get mad when he wins Rookie defense, Defensive Player of the of the Year, even though his numbers and Max's numbers are very similar. Matter of fact, in some, some instances, Max's were better. But he was on a better team. They went to the Super Bowl. They're always going to get that kind of props. That team's always going to get more props than the team that doesn't.
3: And also, when people just do the side by side comparison, they aren't looking at the defensive line that he had, right? Where they he could get double digit sacks because who are you gonna who are you gonna block on that on the defensive right. line?
2: Right. Exactly. So uh, just interesting. Interesting. One of the things that I'm gonna be paying attention to this upcoming, uh, well, this summer when that list does come out. Uh, got a couple text messages I want to get to six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Q, I must be an all-day sucker. I bought a Kirby vacuum 12 years ago, and I still got it, and it works great. LOL. That's from East Bay Raider Gray. I didn't say they don't work good because they do. I sold many a Kirby, but the price is just ridiculous. The price is absolutely ridiculous. I think full price sale for me when I was selling them was $1,587. If you finance it, it was $1,898, so basically a cool $2,000. But this is the kicker, and someone right now selling Kirby's is like, don't do it, Q. Don't do it. Don't do it. The lowest that we could ever go on our sale was 800 bucks. That's a big difference, dog, between 800 and $1,587. If, if you said you pay cash, I'd be like, oh, I, I'll sell it to you for $800. Bucks. They're like, okay, cool. And you'd still get your full commission because it's a cash price. <laughs> <laughs> he said too much. Hey, <laughs> hey dog, I, I ain't selling them no more. <laughs> right now, there's, there's a white van driving through your neighborhood right now like, oh, hell no. I can't believe he said that. I guarantee. We used to take those road trips, man. We came to Vegas one time selling Kirby's all the way from Fremont, California. Man, hey, it's not on me. Hey, man, we need you to keep it down. (laughs) The organization isn't too happy about. Don't don't be telling our secrets. (laughs) Exposing the secrets. What are we gonna do about Q Myers, (laughs) brother? I sold two Kirby's in one house, man. I can do it. What? No. Yeah, one for upstairs, one for downstairs. Oh, no, was a, that was a normal thing, Doc. No, that's a con right there. No, well, I mean, hey, look, if you don't throw it out there, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. I
3: guess it is kind of troubling to walk up the stairs. It's kind of heavy.
2: It's kind of heavy. <laughs> <laughs> did you just snort? Yeah, I did. You did. 702-365-9200. Who you got up, man? Fargo Raider. Fargo, what's on your mind, man? Save, save the mind from himself.
4: Oh, man, I, was, I thought I was a sucker for. Dyson back in the day, man. <laughs> oh, we used to kill those.
2: <laughs> hey dog, we used to kill uh, those. We used to put them outside and say that this thing is broken and we take it back with us.
4: Oh man, that's terrible. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, you got you gotta you gotta pay for that quality, man. That's right. Uh I I'm a I'm a father myself. I got three boys and these fools will me to play Fortnite with them so I could get their cousin skins, man. Talk about getting you. I ain't even buying them stuff, I'm buying their cousins and stepbrothers stuff. That's how the kids are doing it. But the nation is hella excited. And it's, the thing that gets me excited the most is that we're no longer that that franchise where players go at the end of their careers just to get the last paycheck before they duck out. Mm, you know? Yes. That's not us anymore. And it feels damn good. Today, people look at us. They see our shiny new stadium. They see our new coaching staff. They see the training facility. They see the city that we're in, and people want to play there, not to mention the, the playmakers that are already on the squad. It's, we're a premium location now, and that gets me hella excited because it's not just today but towards the future that we can continue to bring good talent to the, to the house. You know, That's what gets me the most excited. Thank you guys for taking my car. You have
2: a great day. Hey, that's a great call, Fargo. Appreciate you for real, man. And I'll tell you, that is that is spot on. It is not an organization now that has to super overpay to get talent. It's not an organization where people look at it and say, oh, yeah, and then there's the Raiders. No, they have one of the best stadiums in the, in the NFL, if not the best stadium. Uh, the city is amazing. It really is. The training facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is awesome. They got a front office right now that looks like they're knowing exactly what they're doing. Of course, you know, the the, the proof will be once they actually get out there and, and, and start things cooking. But they, I mean, yes, no, there's a, liked, a lot to like about what the Raiders have going on. And it's not that team that, you know, somebody that's a 13, 14 year vet is like, well, I got one more year. Let me go get a, a cheap check real quick. You're, you're, I think that's great. Anyone who's a longtime Raider fan, Fargo Raider, knows exactly what you're talking about, and could probably name you about ten players that just chased checks back in the day. There ain't no chase, no check chasers no more.
3: You can't stand those guys. I can't stand <laughs> I, those. When guys. When he said it, I saw I, you perked up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's in. right.
2: I almost took my uh, my sweatshirt off, man. I started getting, I ran hot, man. In this damn studio, it's cold, and I ran hot. Uh, who's up next, man? We got Raider Convert. Raider Convert from the 702.
5: What's on your mind, my man? You, my man. Kind of touched on my guy, my guy's Mr. Z, Mr. Ziegler, man. You know, I I uh, I always enjoyed Mike Mayock before he was the Raiders GM, but man, he just made a ton of mistakes. You know, the the, the bad contracts and the the missed number ones, and uh, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and I always jump on over the cap and check out the salary cap situation. And uh, you know, Mayock was starting to hurt future years with these void years and in the, in these ridiculous car. He's still, he's hurting us this year with some of the dead money, uh, dead cap hits we have to take this year. And I was fired up with eager because Belichick was always able to get the guys to play for less than they were worth. Look at Tom Brady, the, the goat, he always played for 10 million or so less than he was worth. And I got to tell you, I was a little nervous when they, uh, when they signed, uh, uh, Adams, uh, but then you read the fine print on the contract and it's perfect. So, you know, but it, football, the NFL's a business, and uh, look at the Saints, man. That's why uh, Sean Payton left. They're in, they're in cap hell. They play in games now, but they're they're screwed for the next couple of years coming up. So, my guy, the guy that got me most juice is Mr. Z.
2: Nice, hey, great call, man. Raider con, man. thank you, uh, convert. Excuse me, Raider Convert. I guess I was the con man when I was doing all exactly. My-, <laughs> <laughs> my man Peg Leg Raider. He. Uh, he- he sent me a text, and he was like, hey, man, slow down with the Kirby slander right there. Uh, it's a total cleaning system, not just a vacuum, according to my wife, when we filled out the paperwork. <laughs> he said, sucker is, 12 years old, and it works great. No, you're right. I used to sell the Kirby 4. It had the little black bag on it, and it was good for your allergies. That was another sell. Matter of fact, one of my coldest sales that I did, one of my coldest selling points was, if you have allergies, you could write it off on your taxes. That was, that was, hey, it. that's a pretty good selling point I right know, there. Hey, though. look, I, I wasn't, look, man, I'm good at what I do. I can sell slug, uh, snouts, snort salt to a mm-hmm. slug. I can do it. I know how to sell the thing. It just wasn't the business. But obviously, it is because a lot of folks got it. 225 is the time when we come back. We're expected to have Brandon Cristal from KOA. He's out at the, uh, at the owner's meetings. He'll give us a little check in of what's going on. We'll do that next. It's unnecessary roughness on Radio Nation Radio, 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm
5: going to have to kick you, you know
0: what, today. Here's your boy Q. We'll get back to your calls. And your text
2: in a few minutes, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmonash text line is 69187, keyword RNR. But right now, joining us on the phone lines is our guy, Brandon Cristal, KOA reporter. He is at the owners' meetings. He's making some time for us. He's hustling in between this and that. And, Brandon, we do appreciate you as always, my man. And I just saw a tweet from Tom Pelissero saying, on locker room access for media, NFL PR guy chimes in. They will be open. That sounds like a great Way to start the day and start the show. What are your thoughts on that?
6: Yeah, it's it's funny because I came pretty close to the end of the media session Q. Roger Goodell showed up almost an hour after the scheduled time that he was gonna to talk to us, so we're all just sitting in there and you can get angry, disgruntled media types, right? You know how it goes and everyone's pretty cynical, so he finally starts talking and it's the usual stuff, right? And he gives politically correct answers on Deshaun Watson and gonna let the investigation video play out. All that, all that. And then at the very end, someone asked, "Hey, were there any discussions about open locker room access?" And Roger's like, "No, not really." And then Brian McCarthy, who's one of the heads of the NFLPR, goes, "They will be open." Like off mic to the side, and Roger goes, "There you go." He's like, "I guess there were discussions." So and it got kind of a little, a little bit of a cheer, if you will, or uh, there were there were some smiles. It 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 I think saved the day in a lot of ways because, as you know, obviously there with the Raiders and you haven't had much opportunity to really be in there and, and in the locker room, but anyone that's covered an NFL team or really in, any pro pro sports league franchise, that access to the players in the locker room is invaluable. So mm-hmm. able to get all the sides of the story, right? And there's a, a conversation that you may have with a player, and it's not always players that are in a bad mood that want to get traded, right? It might just be something's going on, or, hey, you should do a little more digging on this, or I think this is going on and you end up talking to the head coach or one of the position coaches or somebody in management or an agent, right? And so just being able to get back in the locker room for people that are in locker rooms every day, like myself and, and like, you know, several of you I think will be there at Raider Nation Radio. It's, it's huge. It was a great little cherry on top. So it was a nice couple of days at the owner's meetings, but uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm literally looking at Lindsay Jones, who's the head of the pro football writers association and Brian, Brian McCarthy and, and Lindsay's all smiles because she's been the, You know, fighting with the PA, if you will, and Mm -hmm. and talking with the league to try to get this done.
5: Yeah,
2: I remember. I remember she put that out there, especially when they kind of, you know, they relaxed. Obviously, the mandate on on uh, masks and vaccination and all that other stuff. And she said, "Uh, it's not, it's not there yet. We're not in the locker room yet, but it feels like it could be trending in that direction. That is great news, and I don't think that a lot of fans really recognize how great a news that is right now because it's been so long since we've been in the locker room. But Brandon, as you mentioned, you dialed out everything that you can get, the access you get in that locker room. That is huge. I mean, that is. Huge, and it's just going to get back to, to being great coverage like we provided before the pandemic.
6: Exactly, it's it's just part of feeling normal again. And, right. and you guys, obviously, there in Vegas, I was I got to come to the great city in, in November. Of the weekend you guys played the Bengals with the Broncos, by week, and and maybe Vegas is a little ahead of the curve, feeling normal. But it's like, how close are we to where you're not having to even wear masks in in Ubers or Lyft mm-hmm. or the airport or Right to Really feeling normal and the day-to-day functions of the NFL just move, operate more smoothly, if you will, when the players can really talk to the media off the record, off to the side, or,
7: right.
6: or not just doing it not only on Zoom or on the podium, but just a little one-off comment here and there. And so I think it, it, it to your point, and I think it's a really good one, it's not something fans even really understand necessarily unless you're just dialed in every day. Uh, the super hard and you have plenty of Raider Nation Radio, no question. But over time, and certainly when the fall rolls around, you will understand just how different it is and, and how your team is covered or teams that you like uh, and how the league is covered because of it.
2: Right, absolutely. Again, we're talking right now with Brandon Christophe from KOA. He's a reporter, covers the Denver Broncos like a glove. He's out at the owners' meetings right now. Uh, the big story, obviously, of the day earlier this morning was the overtime rules for, for the playoffs. Now every team's going to get a chance to to possess the ball. Uh, what did you think of the – it sounds like a little bit of a compromise that they came to, but what were your thoughts on that? I, you know, it's funny,
6: uh, Q, is that when you look at it, you, you, I think we and we got into this yesterday. I don't know if people were convicted, right? Other than Bills fans this time around, mm-hmm. plenty of people had an opinion. Plenty of people wanted to see Josh Allen get back on the field against the Chiefs. I think plenty of people would have liked to see Patrick Mahomes get back on the field against Tom Brady a few years ago, right? right? And yep. we know the data. What was, what was interesting though, Q, is the the ten out of twelve, which is is the number I believe in the playoffs so far that we had seen where it's gone in favor of the offense. James Palmer of the NFL Network put it out there. In 164 games, and I'm going to have my, my numbers up a little bit, of like 86 to 60-something to 10, it broke down to like, or whatever it was, 86 to 60, it broke down to 52% of overall games have gone in favor of of the team that possessed the ball first in overtime winning. So I don't think it was a huge problem, but I also don't think there's a huge reaction or overreaction to the rule change, right? The right. playoffs are going to roll around next year. Games are going to matter. Mm-hmm. And both teams you have a chance to have the ball. You know the rules going in. So ultimately, I think it's going to be fine. Just like when they changed the overtime rules to what they are now, I thought right. it was a good thing in 2010 in the playoffs in 2012 in the regular season. And now this is just going to be for the playoffs. But I don't think, look, if the Raiders are in the, in the playoffs or, you know, name your favorite team, and they end up having to kick off because they lose the coin toss, and and then the team the, obviously, obviously kicked the ball to scores, it'll be nice to know, okay, we're going to have our shot. And if they don't score, they don't score. And there you go. We all go home and one side's happy and one side's happy.
2: <laughs> right, as it is.
6: Yeah, Brandon, with that,
3: with the vote being passed, do we know what the vote was, like who was in favor or who wasn't, or the actual split when it comes to who, who was voting on it?
6: Yeah, demand. and that question was asked to me earlier, too, and I hadn't seen it. The one thing that I had heard, because I, I walked by somebody that was – adjacent to people in the room, uh, a team official that wasn't in the room, but had been talking to people in the room. And they said that it was a pretty close, that there were arguments to, made, to be made on both sides that were made pretty convincingly, if you will, on both sides, but I haven't seen a vote count. So I'll do some digging and I'll let y'all know, or maybe it'll flash in front of my face while we're talking here. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's, I, I don't think it was a landslide.
2: Right. No, I, I felt like that they were really going to kind of shelve this thing until they just said, okay, it's going to be in the playoffs only. That kind of, to me, felt like that that was the game changer.
6: Yeah, and, and I think that that's what matters most, right? I, I think it's a little silly to talk about player safety when you added a 17th game, and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> 10 more minutes in overtime right? Uh, or what, whatever until somebody scores a second or a third overtime is going to really affect player safety. Until they take helmets off, right, and, and quit hitting us hard, that's going to be the biggest issue with player safety, right? It's a pretty right. violent game, even with all the safety measures that continue to be implemented and the upgrades and equipment and all of that. So, uh, but ultimately, those games matter the most, right? And the NFL continue to do a good job of making it competitive down the stretch. They did it a couple of years ago when they decided to make one or two of your final opponents, division opponents, mm-hmm. and it's clearly, it's clearly helped keeping teams involved, the added playoff team, I think it's worked out great, and, and Roger brought that up just a few minutes ago. That nobody's going to argue that this wasn't one of the best playoffs, if not the best postseason that we've had in a long, long time. It, you know, if not maybe ever. And so, I, I think that when you, you boil it all down, you want the best team to win every game, right? Especially right. in the playoffs, unless your team is the not the best team in there yeah. and they think well. But my point <laughs> being, both teams are going knowing they have a the chance. One of the teams is going to is gonna end up going away with the win, and that'll be that. Done deal. You asked Sean McVay about
3: being a trendsetter when it comes to working from home. Just how uncommon for that is a coach <laughs> to work from home, only one day a week, but during the season?
6: Well, I don't know how many times you guys have talked to coaches, but I've been working in this business now. I'm going to be 44 on Thursday, so we'll call it 20, 22 years professionally, plus doing it in college. I don't think I've ever met a coach pre-pandemic that works from home during the season on what is typically a work day, right? Tuesday, mm-hmm. o- oftentimes the NFL is a player off day, but quarterbacks still come in almost uh, universally, right? Russell Wilson may go to Children's hospital every Tuesday in Seattle and now in Denver, but the quarterback stops by to get with the QB coach a little bit to kind of get ahead on the game. When you watch that, that Bill Belichick documentary, I believe that was a Tuesday meeting where Tom Brady would stop by Bill's office to talk about plays he liked that week or whatever. Right? So, when we know the routines of coaches, or we've heard about it, and certainly plenty of people listening to this have, mm-hmm. you know that they, they grind away, right? And maybe every now and then you'll hear about Tony Dungy having a rule that Bruce Arians also implements, that if you're a coach and you miss one of your kids' games or one of your kids' recitals or or dance performance or whatever it may be because you're in your office, you're going to get fired. And not enough coaches – subscribe to that but mm-hmm. coaches are getting younger their staffs are getting younger sean McVay, obviously still one of the youngest not the youngest head coach in the nfl understands there's an efficiency component he doesn't live close to the facility he lives in a nicer part of la than where the facility's fine but it's up in the valley and i think he's you know down on the other side of, of the 101 he doesn't want to sweat to work on tuesday when it's just him and his, co- his other coaches he can save that two hours of driving, and sometimes more. We know about L.A. traffic, right? <laughs> yes, He can we save do. that by, by being home. <laughs> he's got a mirrored video setup that looks exactly like his office at at the facility, and he's able to be in as many Zooms as he needs to, communicate with his quarterback, the game plan, and, and everything else that goes into it, but add two more hours of work right. that he can't do in the car unless you were to have someone drive him, I guess, right? And, and there's obviously a cost associated with that. The funny thing is, I know that he... he you know, Devon, you saw the, the video I put up, and, and then he asked, he's like, how how the hell did you find that out? I, I heard that not only does he do it, he does it more than he wanted to lead on. He's like, it's not that much. I heard it was every Tuesday, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the, 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 they they got good, they got good at, at working from home in the pandemic because you just had to. The Broncos say what you want about you know their results the last few years in the big fan era, but I know that they became really adept at working from home, and some coaches liked it because they could actually see their players engaged. When you're in a dark film room. You might have guys behind you that are asleep, right? Or you might be behind them. They may be asleep, you know, with their hands on their, uh, you know, the, their hands on their chin, and you can't tell that they're resting, but their eyes are closed, right? Because right. you're behind them or you're in front of them, you get to see their faces and see how engaged they are. And so these younger coaches, and you're going to see it. It'll be interesting to see how Josh McDaniels implements stuff there. Nathaniel Hackett has a. I'm trying to think what he's called. He's called an instructional designer. He was a high school teacher that was one of Coach Hackett's best friends at college, and his job is to coach the coaches and how to become more nimble from a technology standpoint, to not rely on old notebooks and everything, to get everything on iPad and your database to be able to access things more quickly and to be more efficient. I think you will see more teams continuing to implement strategies like that, so I think Sean McVay will end up being a trendsetter as the older coaches and older thinking makes its way out of the league and the younger coaches continue to get these jobs.
2: Seems like he's doing a lot of setting. Looks like he's doing okay for himself. He's got a Lombardi trophy to hoist. So I think whatever he's doing is just okay with everyone. Hey, Brandon, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for making some time. I know there's a lot of craziness, a lot of excitement going on right now at the owners' meetings, but thanks so much for carving out a little bit of your time for us this afternoon.
6: Absolutely. And I'm heading to New Orleans to watch my Jayhawks hopefully win and maybe the bluest of blue-blooded Final Fours ever, so if you want to sneak in
2: some hoops talk on Radio Nation Radio, just let me know. Let's do it. Let's catch up on Friday if you wanted to do that. Let's do it on Friday if you're available. All right, Q. I'll make it work. All right. Hey, Thanks done so deal. Much. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. There it is right there. Brad and Chris style. KOA Radio in Denver does a fantastic job covering the Broncos and get a little little Final Four action. And Man, how can you not get excited about the Final Four? You got the Dukies. You got North Carolina. You got Villanova. You got Kansas. Blue Blood, Blue Blood, Blue Blood, and, well, Blue Blood. What it is. There was a lot of chaos in March Madness, right? At the end of the day, it all boils down to the the ones that are the ones that get it done. And so a lot of good stuff right there, but we definitely appreciate Brandon for his time. Raider Nation, hit us up, man. Let us know, what are you excited about when it comes to this team? What are you fired up about when it comes to this team? You know, break it on down for me. Don't just tell me that, hey, I think this team is going to go win uh, the, the division and go win the Super Bowl. No, I mean, what what is it about this team that gets you excited? 702-365-9200. Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio
0: 920. Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness, Unnecessary roughness Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So
5: I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what today.
0: Here's your boy Q. Got a fantastic text on the Salmon Ass Text Line six
2: nine one eight seven keyword R and R from Raider Eight Joe One. It's a really good one about locker room access, but I I don't have enough time to address it right now because it's a little lengthier text, and you know me. <laughs> you know well, we all know you. <laughs> You know me, I can re- I can get I can make a yes turn into about a five minute conversation. So we have a lot of patient uh callers on the on the listener line, so I'm gonna get to them. But Raider eight Joe One in the next hour after we talk to John McClain and before we talk to Jeff Pearlman I will definitely address your text because it's a really good one. And I know you're not the only one that has the question that you asked us. So thank you so much for that text. It is great. I will address it at 315. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Rod, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Rod? Hey, what's
7: good, Q? Chilling, brother. Matt hey. Man, you you were killing me with that Kirby story. So real, quick, real quick, man. Back in the back in the late '90s, kind of aging myself here. But anyway, my sister went to work for went to work for this this company, and she was like coming home and explaining to us like what she does, and she, like sets up these these uh, appointments to sell these vacuums. Yep. So my mom, my mom and dad were like, yeah, okay, go ahead, set us up one. Came over, did the whole demonstration, and you're right, they were like, wow. That's a great job, sucking all the dust mites out of everything. Yep. And then he hit us with the price, and they were like, man, get you out of here. But anyway, <laughs> long story short, my sister ended up marrying one of the salesmen. And Marty, the dude, my brother-in-law, Marty, they've been married for a long time now, about since uh, about 2000. But he was a hell of a salesman dude because actually sell those things at, in Albuquerque, which ain't a rich town, if you know what I'm saying. Gotcha. But – now, now he works for DirecTV, so I guess I don't say too much about DirecTV. You know what I mean? They're, they're kind of shysters. But what I want to see out of the Raiders, well, I, real quick, what I'm excited about, what I want to see, what I think is under attack is 16.5. That is the sack record. I think it's going down, Q. It's going Ooh. down. This is the year. I think someone's going to have to deal with the pressure because the middle is clogged up, right? So what are you going to do? Are you going to make the mistake and and try to double – double Chandler and let Max Crosby eat and look at last year was last year and Max got pressures like nobody's seen before but you know what it ebbs and flows this year might be the year where Max just gets sacked after sack after sack I see it Max and the sack attack baby. It's coming. Let's
2: go. I like it. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. And you know, the funny thing real quick about the, you know, your, uh, you said your sister was knocking and getting the, uh, getting the appointments. That's what I had to do. I had to get someone to knock me in to the door. I was terrible at getting in the door, but once I got there, once the appointment was set for me, I was good because most of the time, I mean, you know, someone answers the door and they see me and they're like, uh, yeah, what's this guy up to? So always had some nice looking young lady that would knock the door and be like, hey, I'm, you know, for school, I'm trying to, we have to do three appointments a day, these guys have to do three appointments a day, just demonstrate this vacuum and they'll get school credit. They'd be like, oh, okay, cool, and then I'd show up. And once I got in there, I was like the closer. It was a wrap. You know, and so I was good, obviously I was good at talking to them. That's how I had my first beer, no joke. I didn't have my first beer until I was selling Kirby vacuums because I I was in uh, I was in a Mexican dude's house. And he was like, hey, do you want a cerveza? And I'm trying to get the sales. I was like, hell yeah. He's like, what do you want? I was like, whatever you got. So he gave me a Corona. And that's how I actually had my first beer. I had never drank beer. I was a liquor guy until, uh, until they gave me a Corona. And that was because I was selling him a vacuum. And I sure did sell that vacuum to him. Mm-hmm. Full pop. All right. Let's go uh, to our guy. <laughs> Man, this is a great day today. Let's go to our guy, Ron. What's on your mind, Ron? Welcome to the show.
8: Hey, what's up, you gentlemen? Hey, uh, the the thing I'm most excited about is the moves we haven't made, which is I can't think of one questionable free agent we've signed this whole time. Everybody makes sense, and I really think that the front office is making some um, big boy decisions. And I feel like we have a legitimate franchise, which sometimes is not the case with the Raiders uh, because of some you know we make these crazy moves that everybody's scratching their heads about, and I don't think we have to rationalize any picks uh, or I'm sorry any. Uh, Free agency pickups that we've had so far everybody makes sense even the you know the guys lower down the totem pole are in positions of depth and need and you can see that that's going to be competition down the road right so i think the offense is very exciting but i'm more excited that we seem to have a front office in place um that has us in the right direction beyond just this season you know
2: I like it. I like it. Good stuff, man. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, that's something to get excited about. And again, uh, Dave Ziegler talked at the at the owners meetings. and You'll hear some of that audio coming up in the next hour. And he sounds very calm, relaxed and like he has a plan. And that's very important, man. You can't get too high and too low in this in this business that they have which is building a roster and putting this team together. We can get as excited. We can get high and low if we want to. It's all good. It ain't going to matter nothing because we're going to be back here on the radio tomorrow talking (laughs) again, so we are all good. But these guys, they got to go out there and make it do what it do. Uh, Let's go out to Raider X. What's on your mind, Raider X? Welcome to the show. What's up, brother? Chilling, man, chilling.
1: Hey, what I'm excited about, I am tired of the fear of the P word. Let's kick P word out and let's go from P to C. Because that's all I expect. I want to go back to, like, the '99 season and start dreaming of the C word. AFC West champion. Hey, what you talking about, brother? All <laughs> the champion. Can you clarify? Super Bowl champion. <laughs> hey, hey, don't, don't take it there, DeMond. I know where you're taking that's it. That's right, see? A, to the C. That's, I see where you're going, that's brother. That's the immaturity but,
2: in him. He can't help himself.
1: Hey, that's a little man. All right. <laughs> and I don't want to wrestle either, I, I'm sure. Well <laughs> <But> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, but that's where we're going, man. I, I want to have confidence that we are going to win. I don't want to be hoping for wins. We're going for championships. Nice. And I'm excited at how explosive this team is going to be. We are going to be explosive <laughs> on both sides of the ball. And I'm not going into the season saying, damn, are we going to win nine? Are we going to win ten? No, baby. we going for championships. We are coming out with some damn trophy. I have full confidence because, like they said, they're not done. And from what I've seen in a short span of time, these guys just barely stood foot in you know in the organization. They have just barely put their feet down and they're already running? Oh my gosh. Wait till they put their heads together. And I fully expect that we will be drafting over in Vegas. We will be drafting. Somehow, some way we will make a splash. Nice. And there we go, brothers. Raiders. Hey, great call,
2: man. Great call. Thank you so much for that. I like that, man. Don't, you know, don't don't have fear of the P word, which is playoffs, and uh, start expecting the C word, which is championships. DeMond, let's close out the hour with Gangsta Gangsta. Gangsta Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
9: Hey, what's happening, y'all? And um, I have to agree with the last or the previous caller before the last caller and Razor Pervert, I mean Convert, <laughs> where he said um, the the um, most exciting thing is to hire um, Dave Ziggy. I call him Dave Ziggy, you know what I'm saying, because he's a consummate professional GM, and we haven't had one of those since I can remember. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. um and remember when we first when I first started calling, when you and Scott was hosting on um, Silver and Black today, yeah, yeah, and my my question was, why are we always in cap hell? We not paying nobody really a major amount of money, but it seemed like we never have money to sign or go out and get people, and I think that was because of the lack of a professional consummate g m that's why when Mark Davis at first, I was kind of you know upset when he didn't bring back home. Um, R&B, Coach R&B, that's what I call Basashi, a Coach R&B. When he didn't bring him back, I was kind of disappointed, but then when I saw him hire Dave Ziggy, I said, oh, he's not playing. You know what I'm saying? I was more excited about that hire because he's a consummate professional, and I like Mayock, but I think Mayock didn't get a fair shot because he he had to cater to an idiot head coach that wouldn't, you know, I think the first Two or three round picks was was the coach's pick, and his hands was handcuffed by um Gruden, so he didn't really get to show what he could really do as a GM because he had to answer to um Gruden because he wouldn't have had the job because of Gruden, and that's what I liked about um Dave Ziegler in his press conference. I think it was you or Vinny asked like who's gonna make the final decision or whatever, and Ziggy came up and said oh, the final decision I'm gonna make the final decision, you know? and I like that. You know what, yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at the move he look at the moves he made, and also I'm all excited about the open opening game because I believe on opening weekend we're gonna play on Monday night against the Chargers in Vegas you know I saying can you imagine that man
2: that'd and be also
9: awesome. also I believe we're gonna go undefeated I know y'all think I'm crazy but we're gonna catch a lot of teams off guard we sweep the division we could sweep the rest of the teams we play and we gonna end up going undefeated you know what I'm saying 20 and0 to the Super Bowl let's get it I'm gone gangster rare
2: man that is gangster that is all the way, gangster, right there. Hey, if the Raiders go 20-0, and 0, DeMond's going to do 100 push-ups for every win that they get. So that would be what? 20 times 100. You do the math. You're the guy who went to UNLV. Come on, quick. 2,000. All right, there you go. I, th- I think that's right. <laughs> I do know what's right. Coming we up next. Right. Yeah, hey, if we didn't get it right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Coming up next, kicking off hour number two. Appreciate all the calls, all the feedback. We'll get to more after we talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll kick things off. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.